Amen. All right. You can be finding your text in Hebrews chapter number 11 tonight. Hebrews chapter number 11. Uh, while you are doing that, uh, Pastor Rice asked me just to speak a little uh, this evening and just want to just want to talk to you a little bit more about that and just share a little bit more about it as we uh, get into the message. Was there anybody here? Is there anyone here tonight that was not here this morning? You did not hear about it. Okay. Uh, we maybe should just show the video again if that's okay. Uh, there's several hands went up. Is that okay? We can do that. All right. And uh, so I won't say a lot. If you already watched the video, uh, you can take a six-minute nap. Just set your phone. Uh, make sure at six minutes it goes off because that'll be about the time that the hand comes back up on the screen and you'll be just perfect and everybody will think you were right in there with it and uh, it'll just go well. But uh, let me just tell you just a little bit about it. We work with All Points Baptist Missions and uh, we work with church planting missionary families and also independent Baptist military chaplains families. And the Heirloom Seed Project is ministry specifically for the teenagers and the young adults of families in those ministries and also pastors' families, ministries' families uh, in general. And so uh, the Lord's been good to us, giving us a good opportunity to help those young people. And uh, we've seen God do some just wonderful, wonderful things uh, through that and seen the Lord give some great victory to some young people that really struggled over some things. Uh, just by way of testimony, uh, I want to share with you, we had a young man came last year, last September, a uh, pastor's son. First night, we had our first session on Monday night, and we were talking about, actually, Brother Morrison asked him to speak the opening session on Monday night, and he began to speak about a band of brothers as they went off and, and met at college together, and he began talking about the different backgrounds and coming from different ministries and, and the different struggles, and then he just sort of spoke as if he were speaking from each young man's perspective as they went back to their dorm room one night and their thoughts, and he sort of just laid out what they might be thinking. He talked about one of them being a missionary's son and how he was trying to figure out how he was going to relate to these young men that they'd always lived right here in the United States their whole life, and this young man had not. And he talked about a pastor's son, and he began to speak about the pressures that came with being the pastor's son and how everybody at the college knew his dad and they knew the church and they knew where he came from and all the expectations he was dealing with. And we looked over in the auditorium and there was a pastor's son sitting there and he just wept, just cried his eyes out. I mean, the whole service cried his eyes out. And uh, so we sat down afterwards and I got the opportunity to talk with him. And he said, that's me. He said, that's me. He said, my dad is the pastor. He was the youth pastor. And he said, I'd, almost every week somebody asked me, so what are you going to do? And are you going to be able to fill your dad's shoes? And do you think you'll be as good a preacher as your dad is? And you think you'll be the pastor? And he's like, I don't even know if God's called me to preach or not. And uh, just brokenhearted. And so we dealt with him about those expectations, the pressures that sometimes come along with that. And it was a, it was a struggle for him. And uh, you, you could just see it every day. It was like more of a burden got lifted from him. And by Wednesday and Thursday, man, he is all smiles and he's grinning and he's just enjoying the Lord and he's enjoying the meeting. It was just a blessing. But those are the kind of things that we deal with. And those are the kind of things that the Heirloom Seed Project and the summits are all about is helping those young people get the victory from the Lord over those things. You, you'll hear in the video. I'll say this and, and get out of the way. 
uh, for six minutes. You set your clock, right? Um, you'll, you'll hear in the video one of the young men that gives a testimony. He talks about the victory sessions. That's what we call them on purpose. We prayed about that and thought about it. And we thought, we want everything about this thing to be positive, encouraging, uplifting. We want it to be a you can kind of meeting. Amen. You can go forward and live for Christ. You can't overcome the struggles of life or struggles of ministry or whatever the devil and his forces might throw at you. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Amen. And so thank God for that. And so that's in a nutshell what the ministry is about. If it's okay, Pastor, we'll go ahead and show the video again for the folks that haven't seen it. And uh, then we'll bring you the message. Dad. All right. If you have questions for us, please see us after the service. And we appreciate that. Appreciate your prayers. And again, the chance to share with you our burden, our heart today, and uh, what God's called us to do. And uh, trying to just stay active in it. We're doing two Zoom meetings a month with these young people as well. Just trying to stay in communication with them, along with the two summits each year. And then trying to make some trips to their, their place of ministry as well. So not always just asking them to come to us, but at times trying to go to them also where they are. And um, thank the Lord for the technology we have. We can't always get to them physically. We can communicate still. And so we thank the Lord for that. I uh, just want to say a quick thing about the Zoom meetings. One of the things I love about them is uh, there's been times that we've had kids uh, from Malaysia, Alaska, Puerto Rico, Ireland, and America all on the same call. And that's just, I just get cranked about that. I just get excited. I was like, man, we got people from all over the world talking at one time in the same place. And it's really, really cool. And uh, so it's exciting to me. I don't know if it's as exciting to anyone else or not, but uh, if you'll just smile at me, that makes me feel better about it. So Hebrews chapter number 11 Hebrews chapter number 11. You'll find our text beginning in verse number one. If you are able, I'd like to ask you to stand with me, please, just out of respect of the preaching of the Lord's word tonight. Let me say again, uh, y'all have been a good, a good crowd to preach to. Honestly, have. Thank you. I was talking to somebody before the service and uh, you've just been engaged and, and it, you can tell when you're a preacher if people are in or they're out, and uh, y'all have been in, and thank you. I appreciate that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, the Bible says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness to us this day already. Lord, you're working and moving in the Sunday school and the morning service. And already this evening, Lord, I felt your presence in this place. Thank you so much for that. Lord, we ask as we look into your word tonight, 
that Jesus would be exalted, that you would be honored and glorified, and that we would be drawn closer to you. I pray again, if there's anyone here lost that has never accepted Jesus Christ, his sacrifice for their salvation, Lord, that tonight would be the night they would call on the name of Jesus, trusting what he's done for them, and receive him as their Savior, and we'll thank you for it. Lord, if there's someone here discouraged, I ask you would encourage and help them. Lord, in all things, may your will be done, and may you be pleased. Please give me clarity of thought and speech. Help me not say anything I should not say that which is pleasing to you. And again, during invitation time, if we need to do something, help us to respond to you and obey you. And let us go out of here with a greater faith, a greater desire to live for you. And we'll thank you for it and to reach others with the gospel. We ask it all in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Hebrews chapter 11. It's one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. Uh, we were talking a minute ago about our, our sessions when we have our summits being victory sessions, being an I can kind of week. You can do it. I'm just a, a positive kind of guy. And uh, it really carries over in pretty much everything that I do. Um, I can be working on a project outside and it can be going badly. And I'm just too stubborn to give up and go call somebody else and help me. Uh, I just am. And my wife will just she'll just shake her head. She'll be like, why don't you call somebody? And I'll be like. I'm going to try it again. I can do this. And uh, it's just me. I'm just, uh, uh, <laughs> when Kiera was little, I started trying to instill it in her. Don't say I can't. Those are bad words at our house. I can at least try first before you just go run it off and saying it can't be done. And uh, that's just me. And I love Hebrews chapter 11 because it's full of people that said with God's help we can. Right. Amen. With God's help, we can. And they were people of faith. Thank God for that. I said it this morning, just uh, sort of ties into this evening. It wasn't about how great the people were. If you read Hebrews 11 and all you see is, man, what great people. You've missed the God of the people. You've missed the point of Hebrews 11. The, the point of Hebrews 11 is not about the people. It's about the God who worked through the people and empowered the people and did great things through the lives of people who were willing to give themselves to him. Amen. Isn't that what 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says? It talks about the churches and the folks in Macedonia and how they gave to the work of the Lord and to the necessity of the saints and in doing so, they, they gave uh, un, unto the Lord, but they gave of their own selves first to God. And then they gave to the work of the apostles and the work of missions and the, and the necessity of the saints by the will of God. After they yielded themselves to God, they just went to the Lord and said, Lord, you just tell us what to do and we'll use whatever um, means and ability you've given us to do that which you have called us to do. And it's a great God who's able. And I love Hebrews chapter 11 because it's not only about faith and it strengthens our faith as we read it and study it, but it's about the choices these people made. And can I say to us tonight, the, the course of our lives is really determined by the choices we make. Most of us are where we are today and and uh, we're here and we're doing what we're doing as a result of choices we've made in the past. Amen. Galatians chapter 6 tells us that 
be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. So we are reaping that which we have sown and we will continue to reap that which we have sown and are sowing now. Our choices today affect my tomorrow. Amen. And my choices yesterday affect my today. And so it's important when we look at this passage of Scripture, we find some people that made some wonderful, godly choices. And it was motivated by their faith in a great God who rules over the affairs of men. The God of heaven, the same God you and I, if you're saved tonight, know and serve and worship. Amen. Same God. Same ability. Same power, same character. Nothing's changed about God. Amen. Nothing ever will. Hebrews chapter 13 speaks of God, the son, the Lord Jesus Christ. It says Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Amen. Yesterday and today and forever. He never will change. And I love that because in our human nature, we're so frail. We, we tend to waver. Amen. We need that compass that we come back to and say, okay, here's where God is at. <laughs> I need to get back to where I'm supposed to be. Amen. And so people that made wonderful and godly choices and we read about their lives tonight and we are challenged and we are encouraged by them. At least I am as I, every time I read this chapter, I'm challenged and encouraged both. As I read the testimonies of the lives of these people and the things that God did in their lives. But the choices they made. Can I say, first of all, tonight, number one, choose to have faith in God. I think that may be the most obvious point of Hebrews chapter 11, right? Verse number six says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Not improbable, impossible. Amen. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, I have never seen God with my human eyes. And you haven't either. Amen. Now, great truth of the matter is this. I know God's there. I know is real. I feel his Holy Spirit power leading and guiding in my heart and life. He speaks to my heart as I read his word and as I seek him. I know he's there. But as far as taking you to some place and saying, here is God, I can show you. I can't show you that. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. Amen. It's by faith. And by faith, through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you're saved tonight, you have entered into a relationship with God the Father who lives in heaven. Amen. The Holy Spirit now dwells inside of you. And you have a relationship through the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage us all to choose to have faith in God, but not only that, to choose to live in that faith. It is the only way to be pleasing to God. Uh, verse 5 talks again about Enoch, and Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. He pleased God. Well, what was it about Enoch that pleased God? I think it was primarily, number one, his faith. Amen. He just trusted God. I think number two was his fellowship. Amen. God, it, doesn't this just blow you away? You say, what blows me away? This blows me away. 
that the God of heaven that created everything that is wants to fellowship with me and you. Doesn't that just, I mean, just almost take the words out of your mouth. It leaves you speechless. It's just amazing that the God that created it all that doesn't need my help for anything still wants to have a fellowship with me. He still wants to walk beside me. He still wants to talk with me day by day. And he wants that for you. In fact, he is so concerned about the details of your life. Jesus said this about us. He said, the hairs of your head are all numbered. We can't fathom that. The only, the only thing we can get from that is God must really, really care about everything in my life. Amen. He must really care. If he cares about every hair, then he cares. Amen. So there's no detail too great to take to God. There's no detail of our life too small to take to God. Amen. It's a fellowship with God. And what a blessing that the God of heaven wants to fellowship with you and with I. And this chapter is all about people who, who picked up on that and determined that they wanted to fellowship with that God too, who wanted to walk and fellowship with them. Even in Genesis chapter number three, the Bible talks about how God came to walk with Adam and Eve in the garden in the cool of the day. Part of their daily routine, we gather from that, was that they had a fellowship with God before they sinned. Amen. A sin always brings a separation from God. And it separated Adam and Eve from God. But hey, thank God through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and our relationship with him, that sin is cleansed and atoned and paid for. And you and I as Christians now, if you're saved, we can walk with God day by day. Amen. Because the righteousness of Christ has been imputed to our lives. And thank God for that. Here's the truth. They chose to walk with God. They chose to have a faith in God. They chose to trust God's ability. Amen. I'm afraid where we've gotten to in America and, and maybe where some young people have missed it is that we've sort of lost faith in the ability of God to do great things. Can I remind us again, God has not changed. The same God that created the universe and holds it together by his own power is just as powerful today as he was 6,000 years ago when he created this world. And the God that did great things for Abraham and for Enoch and for Noah and those people and the others listed here and others throughout the scripture is the same God that can do great things for you you just have to believe that he'll do it for you too. Amen. Young people, can I share this with you today? Can I just from my heart try to convey this to you? That same God that did it in times past will do it for you. Just trust him. Just trust him. Adults my age, can I encourage you? The same God that did it for your parents or our forefathers can do it for us. Amen. And can I say this to you? He wants to. Amen. He wants to. So let's trust him. Amen. Choose a faith in God. Choose to trust him, to trust his ability to provide. Amen. This chapter is all about God's provision. Did Jesus not say in his sermon on the mountain, Matthew 6, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. 
Y'all didn't go to sleep on me, did you? Amen. So we read it, but we don't always trust it. Amen. And God said, if you put me first, I'll take care of your needs. I'll make sure. Have we read it this morning? Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse number eight. God is able to, to uh, give you all sufficiency in all things. You may abound unto every good work. And what a great God who's able to do great things. Trust his ability to provide. Trust his ability to keep his promises. Amen. We live in such a society and and such a world where sin is so rampant and human nature is so on display that we get to where we're not very trusting. Amen. And sometimes that bleeds over in our in our Christian life, in our walk with God. Uh, We get a little guarded with God. But you can trust God. Amen. Not only does God not lie, God can't lie. I love that. I love how Titus says that. God who cannot lie. Hebrews chapter 6, by two immutable things, when God can swear by no greater to Abraham, he swear by himself. What a great God. Amen. He said, I just want you to know, I'm going to keep my promise, Abraham. I'm going to keep it. Because I can swear by no greater, I'm just going to swear by my own character. Because there's nothing greater. And he kept his promise. Can I say this to us? The word in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 13 is this. I want to read the verse and then pull out a word and, and, and just hopefully help us with it. Hebrews eleven thirteen says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14, For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. Now let's stop there in verse 13. Right in the middle of that verse, there's this word persuaded. Persuaded. And man, there was a time that I was reading uh, this scripture. I was actually studying for a message when I was pastoring, different message. Uh, but I, I got fascinated and challenged by the Holy Spirit over that verse, persuaded. It's one thing to have a casual belief about something. It's another thing to be fully persuaded of it. Amen. And here's what these, what the Bible says about these saints. They were persuaded enough that they were okay if they didn't see the fulfillment of all the promises. And they didn't see it all. But they were persuaded of it. The word persuaded, I looked it up in Webster's Dictionary. It means this. It means to be influenced, convinced, or drawn to a determination by argument, advice, or the reasons presented. What's the reasons? The reasons is there's a God that rules over the affairs of men. He's greater than all. Amen. And so the argument is this. There are others that have put him to the test and came out on top. And so when I can put those two things together... I see the witnesses that have gone before me, the testimony of people that I read about, the testimony of older saints that I've met along the way, of other Christians that are walking with God and doing the will of God. And then I know the truth of the scripture that God is able to keep his promise and not not only able, but God never lies about it. He always does what he says he will do. Then I too can be strengthened and walk by faith and be persuaded of the greatness of God and the ability of God. What a great God. I want to I challenge us all 
to choose to, to trust God, choose to walk by faith, by faith, not by sight. Then put your faith into action. As we choose to trust him, that, that's where we sort of get scary about it. It's easy to say, yeah, I trust God. But then when we say that, then God says, OK, now put it into action. And that's where we hit the brake pedal. Hold time out. E-brake, you know, jerk that lever up. <laughs> Lord, it sounded really good at church, but now you want me to go out here and do something about it? Am I still persuaded? Amen. Am I, in, am I convinced of that truth that God is able to keep that which he has promised? And he will keep his word. I've got to live it out. God challenges us if we choose him by faith to put that faith into action, to have an active faith. Can I say this? An obedient faith produces an active Christianity. And that's what James 2 is all about. An obedient faith produces an active Christianity. So choose faith in God. Let me say this. Number two, choose to fellowship with God. We talked about it already, so I won't take long. But uh, again, your Christian life and my Christian life really revolves around how much emphasis we put in our fellowship with God. If I don't put much time and much effort, much energy into my devotional time, my private time with the Lord, I'm not going to have much of an active faith outwardly. Amen. My walk in this world with others, my witness, my testimony, my influence is all really revolving around what am I doing with my private time with the Lord? If I'm really fellowshipping with God in private, it'll show up in public. If it's all about a show, that's going to show up in public too. And I want to encourage us as, as children of God to choose to have a fellowship with God. You realize God wants to fellowship with you, but God won't force a fellowship with you. Just like God didn't force a fellowship with, with Adam and Eve. Or any of these other saints that we read about. God wants you to spend time in his word. God wants to speak to you through it. God wants you to spend time in prayer. But the, the, the reality is, God's not going to come down from heaven and grab you by the arm and say, okay, well, it's time to go to your prayer closet. The Holy Spirit may speak to you, but it's up to you to take the time and say, okay, I'm going to turn off the phone. I'm going to turn off the television. I'm going to lay it aside. I'm going to go in a place where it's not going to bother me. And it's just going to be me spending time with God. Amen. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to get a little closer. Fellowship with him. It's a choice I make. Amen. We read about this, this passage. We talked of Enoch. We think of Abraham. He's mentioned this passage. James chapter 2, just a few pages over, says this about Abraham, that he was called the friend of God. Wow. I don't know about you. I'd like for God to have that thought about me, wouldn't you? Have you considered my servant? They're my friend, not just a servant. Jesus said that to the disciples. He said, I've not called you servants. I've called you friends. Amen. Wow. And that's what God wants for us. He wants that kind of closeness. He wants that kind of fellowship. He was called a friend of God. God said about David in the book of Acts, chapter number 13, verse number two, uh, 22, that he was a man after his own heart. 
You say, David? Yeah, David. Isn't that something? You say, well, don't I have to be perfect to be a man after God's own heart? No. Because David wasn't. We know that. Amen. But David did a lot of great things through faith and through fellowship with God in spite of his sin. Wasn't perfect, but God used him anyway. Amen. I thank God for that. I'm glad God can take broken vessels and remake them. I'm glad one of the great words of the Bible is not only redemption, but it's restoration. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. Men that had a fellowship, women that had a fellowship. We think about Rahab. She's mentioned in this chapter. Her former life before she put her faith in God was not good. Man, God changed her. And now she's listed in Hebrews chapter 11 as a lady of great faith. What a great thing. Fellowship with God. Let me say thirdly this. Choose to follow God and to fear him above the culture. Choose to fear him above the culture. Our society is a unique society. And the day we live in, so information oriented. We can have worldwide news at our fingertips in an instant. Now, in some ways, that can be good. In a lot of ways, it's not good. Amen. Sometimes we worry about stuff that we don't need to worry about because <laughs> we're hearing about stuff we would have never heard about 30 years ago, but we're hearing about it now. All that being said, let me say this. If you get locked into the news and social media and those things and you start picking up on the culture and what they're doing all the time and that becomes a priority in your life, it won't be long until it hinders your walk with God and your faith in God. And you'll begin to, instead of living in faith, you'll begin to start living in fear because you'll hear it day after day after day. You ought to be afraid of this. You ought to be careful of that. All the finances, the war, the problems, this and that, negative. And we're, you know, I, I don't want to be the one to promote the fear, so I'm going to quit right there. Say, man. <laughs> there's a great God in heaven. He, none of this is taken in by surprise. Amen. None of it's got him off guard. None of it has him worried or concerned. He said in the book of Psalms, he said, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. He said, the world is mine and the fullness thereof. And I love it. Melissa's heard me say it. It, it. it just tends to come up in different sermons I preach. But God said this. He said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't tell you. Isn't that a great verse? I was just reading along one day. And, I, you know, you read stuff, but you don't read it. You know what I mean? Anybody ever read their Bible, but they're not reading it? Amen. Be honest. Help me out. All right. I do. You know, you read 12 verses and you couldn't, you couldn't quote back two words that you read out of those 12 verses because you were thinking something totally different. I did that this afternoon, had to back up and reread some verses three different times. I just, it's, and I still don't have them memorized. So, oh well. Now, here's a great truth. I was reading along one day and I hit that verse of scripture and I'm sure, I'm sure I have read that before. If I were hungry, I would not tell thee. But it just hit me one day and I was like, what does that mean? That means God has got it so under control that he doesn't need to share anything with me about a need. He doesn't have one. That's a great God. Amen. 
And he tied it right at the end of that. I own the cattle on a thousand hills and the fullness of the world is mine. All of that, he said that. And then he followed it up with that verse. And let me just say this to you. He's a God worth serving. A God worth fellowshipping with. A God worth following. We think about fearing God above the culture. I want us to go back to Hebrews 11, verse number 7. The Bible says this, By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. You ever think about Noah? I honestly believe this, Brother Jacobs. I honestly believe that the return of Christ is near. I really do. Uh, I've been freshly burdened with that again. But the reality is this. Things are not as wicked in our society as they were in Noah's day. I mean, there's a lot of bad things. Don't get me wrong. And we can see it. But it's not there. But Noah chose to fear God above the culture he lived in. Amen. In a culture where the only people that were with him were his family, everyone else in the world at that time was against him. Everyone else rejected God. Everyone rejected the word of God. They rejected the warnings of God. Thank God we got more people in this place right now tonight that are for the Lord and the things of God than Noah had in his day. And in spite of that, Noah said, you know what? I choose God. I don't care which way the culture is going. Other than I want them to be saved too. But if they don't go with God, I'm still going with God. God said it's going to rain. I fear God. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to do what God told me to do. And I'm going to leave the results up to him. Amen. What faith. Choose to fear God above the culture. Don't let the culture keep you from following Christ. And let me say this tonight and I'll be done. Parents, let me encourage this. To leave a legacy of faith for those coming behind us, for the next generation, for your children. Leave a legacy of faith. Do you know that doesn't happen on accident? It happens on purpose. I'm thankful for my parents. My parents made sure I went to church when I was young. When I was about four years old, they started going to church faithfully. Put me to Christian school, made sure I went to summer camp every summer. Some summers I didn't want to go. Some summers I wanted to stay back and play baseball. And they said, mm, nope, summer camp. And uh, so both years I played Little League Baseball. I missed the tournament. Now, if you're a competitor, anybody sports people in here? Competitors? That goes along with my I can attitude. I'm competitive. And uh, as a competitor, the one part of the season you don't want to miss is the tournament at the end, right? I mean, this is what it's all for. You play all year to get to the tournament. I played all year and went to summer camp. They played the tournaments without me. And uh, I was a little bitter about it then. I'm not so much now. Keep praying for me. I'll get over it eventually. I'm going to counseling. And <laughs> Just kidding. Maybe I should. <laughs> Truth of the matter is this. I'm thankful my parents said, you know what's more important than baseball? That that young man has to walk with God. And so they made a choice. And they looked at their 10-year-old son, and they knew it was hard, and they said, but you need to go. Me arguing with them the whole way. Not the whole way, because that would have beat me to death. But, you know, for, I argued as long as I could. But I thank God for their faith. 
and that they chose to try to instill in me a legacy of following God, not following myself. I'm thankful for my wife's parents. I don't know two people that have more faith than those two people. They have challenged me, and not by lectures, just by how they live over and over again with their faith and things they do for the Lord. And it just, it just, I can't put it into words what it means to me. But I'm very thankful for the legacy they're leaving behind. And a long time ago, Melissa and I decided if the Lord would help us, we would try to pass that on to Kiara and hope that she'll pass it on to her children. And that's God's desire for all of us, that we leave a legacy. And it's by choosing God, choosing faith in God, choosing a fellowship with God, choosing to follow God and fear Him above the culture, choosing to walk with Him day by day. So let me ask you this. What do you choose tonight? What do you choose? There was a missionary. His name was Eric Liddell. Eric Liddell was born to missionary parents. He was Scottish by birth. They sent him to boarding school when he was nine years old, him and his brother both. They found out during high school that Eric had exceptional athletic talent. In fact, he wound up winning the gold medal in the 400 in 1924. At the height of his athletic career, he left it all and he went back to China where his parents had served as a missionary. He went with the idea of reaching the youth in China for Christ. So he taught school and worked in the China Inland Mission and tried to reach people for Christ there. A newspaper reporter asked Eric one time, said, why did you leave athletics, worldwide fame, national fame in Scotland in the height of your athletic career? And he said this, he said, I've chosen to give my life to something that's more important. What do we choose tonight? Every head bowed and every eye closed, Brother Shane. Choose faith, choose fellowship, choose to follow, choose to fear God over culture. What a great message. What a great legacy has been left to us in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, the examples of so many people that have gone before us. Oh, preacher, they lived thousands of years ago. Yes, they did, but can I tell you something? The culture was just as wicked then as it is now. Noah's day, he was the only one that found grace in the eyes of the Lord. What a great thought. Those saints were known for their faith, but it was choices ultimately that they made in their life made the difference. plays the altars open these have come and if God's spoken to your heart why not come to the old altar
put yourself there. Whatever the need, whatever the thing is that God is speaking to you about, 